Hey guys, thanks for joining us on the Access Podcast. We're here to equip and mobilize young Christians in identity and evangelism. Enjoy this episode. Hey, welcome to the Access Podcast. It's Pastor Jake, and I got my brother Jared in the house today. How you doing, man? Doing so good. Sweet. Well, hey, glad that you're listening today. Our mission here at the Access Podcast is to equip and mobilize young Christians in identity and evangelism. So today's episode is going to be me and Jared kind of chatting about identity and and evangelism. Evangelism. We'll share two testimonies and then kind of dive into our topic, which is where does our identity come from, and then stewarding moments with God. And so to kind of start off, um, I'm going to have you, Jared, just jump right into kind of the testimony that you shared with us earlier. Perfect. Yeah. And then we'll kind of jump off from there. Awesome. That sounds great. Yeah, so uh, last night, so September 26th, was uh, at a big event. It's called the Unity Gathering with Met by Love, which is a young adults ministry in and around West Michigan. And coming home from that event, it was around 12.30, so like 12.30 in the morning, so past midnight, um, I dr- took a little bit of a different way home and just kind of felt like God was asking me to stop at this gas station. So it just like kind of crossed my mind. I was like, oh, should I stop at this gas station? But I was like, oh, it's 12. I should probably go home. You know, all this different stuff. Maybe I could go home and actually spend time with God, all this stuff. And then I just had this moment where I was like, man, if I'm even thinking about it, I think I should probably just stop and just see what happens. It probably won't take as long as I anticipated taking anyway. And so I just stopped at this gas station, pulled up, bought a beef jerky stick, paid for it. And after I was paying for it, the lady said, hey, all right, like have a good night. And I said, hey, wait, before I go, I felt like God was asking me to stop at this gas station today, and I was wondering if there's any way I could pray for you. And this lady goes, oh, honey, I could I could take all the prayers. Like, I could take every prayer you could give me, right? I'd take all the prayers. And I was like, okay, great. And so she listed some things that were more specifically that I could pray for her for. And I just took her hand and just, like, um, prayed for her right there over the counter. And it was really cool because God, like, really started encountering this lady as I was praying and one of her coworkers was a little more skeptical too about like the whole like conversation about God surrounding God. And it was cool to see her coworker see this encounter happening. And so this lady, I'm praying with her and she starts tearing up and crying um, at, over the counter. And it's just like oh, totally the Holy Spirit and God working through this prayer. And so said, just, you know, prayed the prayer. Amen. And then after that, just asked if she'd ever like heard of the gospel, is familiar with the story of Jesus And she said, yes, like I grew up in church. I come up from like a good Christian home, all of this different stuff. And all of a sudden felt like the Holy Spirit just instruct me to invite her to church, like invite her to come to church at Res. So I said, hey, if you're like looking for a church, if you want to come to church, you should check out Resurrection Life Church. Uh, It's on 52nd Iron Rest. You should come. That's where I go to church. And I would love to see you there. And this lady, she's kind of like taken aback. And she goes, a couple days ago or maybe a week ago, don't really remember the time frame. She said, there was another young girl like you and she asked if she could pray for me and I let her pray for me just like you just did. And she invited me to Resurrection Life mm-hmm. Church because that was the way, that was where she went to church. And so she wrote out the address for me and she goes, this lady that I just prayed for, she goes, I think this is my sign. Like, I think I have to come to church on of Sunday. Of course, this is your sign, lady. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> And so I just thought that was crazy. Like, man, what is God doing through Res Life Church as a whole, but also like specifically the young adults yeah. in Res Life? Hey, if that's you, if you're the one who prayed for that lady, we want to know who you are. Not yes. to give you notoriety, but we just love that we're developing it. It's really showing that 
we are developing a culture of evangelism. Seriously. You know, it's one of the main things we do with the podcast is we want to equip and mobilize young Christians in identity and evangelism. Come on. Not to say that that's the only thing we do, but it's a really big passion of ours. And I just think it's that's so cool. And it's just every day. It's nonstop. Yeah, seriously. So it was cool. This lady was so impacted and remembered the encounter from maybe two, three days before. Like sometimes we pray for people. We don't even remember that encounter that we had with them two weeks down the road, but that literally like that made a significant impact in that lady's life. Probably took like two to three minutes for this girl, you know, just to pray for her and invite her to Resurrection Life Church. And so like our encounters might seem insignificant to us, but I think what we can see through this testimony too is that it sticks with people. And especially when the spirit of God is there, he reminds them of those encounters that he has with different people. Yeah, it's it's evangelism. You know, there's a lot of different methods of preaching the gospel or just loving people, praying with people, but ultimately it's obedience to obedience to spirit and obedience to right. really just loving people well, being present in the moment. And it kind of reminds me, you know, we did the love in action or evangelism night, outreach night, whatever we title it, um, a few weeks back after rally. And so we had gone out and we were kind of praying for people and we were asking people if they'd heard the gospel and we were, we were really trying to obey and discerning God where God wanted us. He led us to Heritage Park and we're at Heritage Park and we kind of all split up. Um, it was myself and it was Britt and then Jacob Ritzma. And so we're going around praying for people and it just is like, you know, you're, you're just being faithful to God. And, and then kind of like the Lord, if you want to say highlights, I don't know how we, how you describe it, but highlights a person. It's not, I don't know how to describe it other than like, it, it's just like, that's it. it yes. Other than it's just, you need to pray for that person or right. you need to go talk to that person. So yeah. I'm like, okay, sweet. And I'm trying not to be creepy. I think that's the other part is like when you're in like outreach and you know, <laughs> you're going to like talk to someone you're like, you're like, okay, how do I not be a creep? Especially because it's a girl, you know, like I don't right. want her to feel like I'm, I'm approaching her to hurt her or approaching her to hit on her. You know what I mean? I, I want to be above reproach. And so yes. I actually go grab Brit and then I grab Brit and I told her, I want to go pray for that gal. And so we approached the gal together and then we were talking and then I was like, Hey, and I, I, as I was approaching her, sometimes this happens. Like as I was approaching her, um, I just sensed a specific, uh, a specific message that I was supposed to tell her. Just a message. It hopped in my head, and you don't I never know for sure if that's what you're like if it's from God. Right. But you're just faithful to whatever's in your head, and so you just I just said, hey, I feel like this is what's going on in your life, and I feel like this is what happened previously when you were in high school, and I feel like this is where you are now. And so, kind of, what was you were in a dry season, or you grew up in church? You've been in a long dry season in the in the recent months or year or recent months. You are actually returning back to what you first knew, and her she started literally like weeping, like Whoa. tearing up right away because she was like, "You don't even know how much I'm searching for God." She's like, "I'm in Bible studies, I'm going to church, I'm doing all these things, I'm going to women's groups," and she's like, "All I want to do is just know God," wow. and, I, and I and but I don't, but I don't. That's what she said. She's like, "I don't even know if I'm saved. I'm doing all the right things." Dang. but I just don't know. And so we sit there, we pray with her, we talk to her, we preach the gospel to her, we invite her to church. And um, Britt actually has her number still. Oh, and yeah, it was just this amazing encounter of just, of God's highlighting someone and, and picking them out. And the funny, it, this is just coming to my mind right now, but it's funny because she had said six months ago, somebody from Res Life, a young adult, prayed for her at Heritage Park like six months before that. Wow. And so she was just like, this is crazy. I was at Heritage Park six months ago walking my dog and then an, another guy came up to me and prayed for me and told me he was from Res Life. <laughs> wow. And I, I forgot that connection, that, but that just came to my mind once uh, once I started telling it. But it kind of just goes to show like what, 
not that you and I, you know, we have a heart for it. Not everyone is is as extroverted as you or I. Like we're pretty comfortable talking to people. Right. But the point isn't the extrovertedness. The point is is the obedience to Christ. Right. And really, it's not even obedience to Christ. It's catching His heart for people who are far from God. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to inspire in these testimonies. Is not highlighting you or me, but highlighting what simple obedience looks like right. and, and what it can look like to love somebody well. It doesn't always need to be a prophetic word or the power of God hitting someone. It can just be like looking at someone and and, and being obedient to whatever God instructs or you sense God instructing you to do. Seriously. Um, generosity, prayer, preaching the gospel, whatever it is. Yep. And so that's kind of like our, how we wanted to start the episode, just a quick inspiration, encouragement of, hey, we want to equip you and mobilize you to evangelize, right? Yes. We want this is what we want to continue to encourage in our young adults is living a lifestyle of of helping people who are far from God be close to God through Jesus Christ. Come on. So let's kind of jump into our next part of the episode that we want to encourage today, which is where the question is, where does our identity come from? Yeah. Where does our identity come from? So I'm gonna talk for just a second. In the meantime, I want you to think of like not a long response. I want you to think of like a 30 second to one minute response of where does our identity come from? So I want it to be as clear, concise, but I'm gonna kind of set it up and I want you to give a response. So where does identity come from? I see two major, and I know that's more complicated than this, but I'm gonna simplify it to two major uh, um, ways that people grab their identity. By identity, we mean who are we? Like how do we identify ourselves as humans? And I see two major um, contrary views, which is one, finding identity from within, this would be an individualistic discovery where it says, I discover identity through self-reflection. A lot of people are getting into mushrooms and, and hallucinogen drugs of just like discovery through drugs, yeah. mushrooms and ayahuasca. There's ayahuasca trips. But then there's also a dis- uh, what we would um, hold to, which is a discover identity, which is based on um, Genesis 1, which is from outside of ourselves. Yeah. So our identity true identity is not within us. Our true identity actually comes from outside of us, our creator who made us in the Imago Dei. Right. So as we, as we kind of answer that question, where does identity come from? How, what, like what's the 30 second to one minute response that you'd give me? Yeah, I think so from a biblical perspective of where does identity come from? So who are we can be best described from who made us. That's good. And so like as a created being, as a, a man of God or a woman of God who's made in God's image, like the the only one who can really identify the purpose of or the identity of the thing that they made is the creator. And so our identity is found within that context of relationship to our creator who is God, right? The Like the person who made the microwave, he wrote out like a whole detailed plan. He had a whole like probably whiteboard or board of people that were all together on this vision of this is the intended purpose. This is the identity. Don't put a fork in a microwave. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like this is what it should be used for. This is what it should not be used for. And everybody respected his opinion because he developed the idea. Yeah. He knew it better than anybody. And in that same fashion, like God creating us, knowing the best intention for our life, like he has the ultimate authority of who we are, what our intended purpose is, what should what our lives should be used for and what they should not be used for. And so I, I 100% agree where what you're with what you're saying of it comes externally, but even more pointed, it comes from a creator. And we discover our, our identity through our knowledge of the creator and being close to him and in relationship. Yeah. So right now in culture, you were, you know, you graduated from Grand Valley and you know, we're in culture and it's just like identity is, is 
is self-identity. However, I identify myself is who I am. And it's it's gaining more popularity within Christian, not our circles necessarily at Res Life, but within circles in our culture, yeah. it's growing and growing and growing. Yes. And what are some ways that you think you combat that from a standpoint of of friends or even just peers at Grand Valley? Like how do we, not combat, but how do we approach a conversation with someone of showing them that that's, that's not actually reality? That's not true. Yeah. That's a very interesting topic and a very interesting question because a lot of people are so entrenched in their self-identity that when whenever you touch it, they instantly become defensive. And, oh, you're attacking who I am. You're attacking all these different things that might not necessarily be the core of their identity but might be things that they just do with their lives or different parts that they identify their lives with. So it can be an interesting topic in order to navigate. I would say the first thing that I did, the first thing that helped me a ton was centering yourself and your identity in Christ. Be constantly reminding yourself of who you are to him, reading the scriptures, reading the, the Bible and finding and being confident in what God says about you. And as you are, as you grow in your confidence and your experience of who you are in Christ, then you're better able to defend and stand on that truth to the world around you. And so like even in classes, you know, I've had a bunch of friends, a bunch of cl- classmates who identified with a bunch of different things that were not biblical, you know, different LGBTQ or transgender types of lifestyles, right? And so I entered in one with love. I didn't enter in, you know, shouting or writing on the whiteboard all of the Bible verses against homosexuality, right? But I let them observe my life over the course of that semester and they could see that my life was different from the other classmates in our classroom. And it caused them to question what is different about you? Why don't you experience all the things that everyone says a college college student should experience, whether it's anxiety, depression, or hopelessness, different things like that. And that opens up a door for these types of conversations with these different people, right? So entering in with love, living a li- being secure in your identity, entering in with love, living a lifestyle that that is just true and exemplifies who Christ is, and then once they once they see that lifestyle, not being afraid of their reaction to the or truth, their rejection or their rejection, right? Yeah, the, the truth that you stand on, and so just living that life. I think one thing I've learned and one thing I didn't do well, I think over the in my first part of my college career, but got better at over the second part of my college career was thinking that watering down the truth is actually going to be what's best for people. And that's just not the case. Like John eight verse in 32 through like 34, it says that the truth will set you free. And when you water down the truth, you're actually lessening the amount of freedom that that truth can bring people. It's like when I stand by the truth and I deliver the truth, the thing that needs to be said or the Holy Spirit is really prompting on your heart to say to these people in love, that really frees them to make, to that really opens up the opportunity for them to step into a greater level of freedom. It might not be in that moment when you're talking to them, having the conversation, but it might be two years down the road when you have another class with them and they look you in the face and say, dude, that thing you said, I know I was mad about it, but dude, two years later, like, thank you. That's exactly what I need to hear. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of, I like what you say about how we, we need to first secure ourselves in our identity. I think right now I'm, I'm kind of poking at something cause we're, you know, 
there's like a boogeyman under every corner. It seems like with our culture, where it's like you know, there's postmodernism and the LGBTQ agenda, and we're right. they're very they're very real opponents to the gospel in the yes. sense that there are contradictory narratives and worldviews. But at the same time, we don't need to be arguing out of insecurity. We need, I love what you said. We need to live at first, establish ourselves and our own identity in Christ. Yeah, and and in doing so, the way that I would put it is that the world is looking. It says these, like they're waiting for the sons of God to be made manifest. Right. They're waiting Dude, that's good. for men and women of God to be secure in their identity because that's what they were made for. They weren't made for this garbage. You know what I mean? They weren't made to live in self-actualization. Right. They were made for their creator. And that Jesus Christ, identifying and seeing someone who has been captured by Jesus, not in a bad sense, but captured in a very real sense, and someone who's captivated by Jesus, it, it really shows what they were made for. Right. And in I like what you've been saying, it's just about being fearless and brave and courageous and not being afraid of being rejected. It's it's the only way that we really can reclaim and and see a revival happen is not by running or arguing, but it's by living and loving and then speaking yes. in that order, living it, loving others, and then speaking the truth in, in that love. And, you know, the internal, yeah, I want to get back to this external internal, you know, that's identification that's so prevalent, you know, it's, yeah. it's interesting that it's happening. And it started out with messaging, like, you know, you can be, you can be whatever you want, or God, I, I'm, you're perfect the way you are. And all these things that we've been told from a young kid, right now they're fleshing itself out to such a degree to where people can be anything they want, literally anything they want that they feel they are, is their actual identity. And it's a lie from an enemy. It is. It's a lie, because because our identity, our identity can never be self actualized, right? Ever, because once you self actualize to one piece of identity, something else is going to happen, and then you're going to change. So you're always going to be changing the identity, and that's just never a secure place to live. So I'd like you to. Um, I'd like us to make some maybe yeah some maybe final comments on this idea of like where does identity come from. Yeah. Where does it come from? Absolutely. So some parting comments parting as, comments. as we kind of move on. Yeah. Here. I would say one, just like, I guess the parting comments for me are going to be just like some practical steps of like, okay, I'm here. I don't really know where my identity is or, Hey, I am like feeling a lot of these different feelings, whether it's man, I like, I feel like I want to subscribe to the LGBTQ or I want to subscribe to all of these different identities that culture, my friends, all of these different people are telling me that I should put on. And I'm, I know like that's not what God has for me. Where should I start? You should start in the scriptures. You should start in the Bible, uh, specifically in the letters of Paul. There's an amazing book, Ephesians. And if you read through Ephesians, just, I would just eat that, consume that on a, almost a daily basis. Just like, read Ephesians because Ephesians really highlights what Jesus did on the cross and how it changes your identity and how you relate to God, right? And you'll read it the first time and it might just roll off your heart like, okay, like water on the windshield, just kind of like roll off the first time. But if you keep reading it and you keep reading it, you keep putting it before your eyes, eventually that's going to sink into your heart and really make a tangible difference. It says in Proverbs 23 verse 4, it says, guard your heart above all else for out of it flows the issues of life. And if you can get God's word inside of your heart, it will flow into the rest of your life and begin to change your perspective, one of how you view yourself and then how you present that self to the rest of the world. And so I guess 
guess my parting comment for where does our identity come from? One, it comes from the creator, comes from a relationship with that creator, God. And then two, it comes from the word of God, which is the Bible. Like we don't have to wonder how God views us. We don't have to wonder about who he says he is. Like God wrote a book. (laughs) He wrote a book and it's for our benefit. And so I think that would be my parting comment is just, man, dig into the scriptures Start reading Ephesians and let that sink into your heart. Um, if you're searching or in this place of wrestling with your identity and who who you are, yeah, it's that. Those are really good parting thoughts. I'm I'm, I'm going to share my parting thoughts. How like where does identity come from? Um, it comes from our Creator. It, it comes from Jesus Christ. Right. Our identity comes from our Creator. Sin happens. The cross comes. God dies for mankind, but why does he die for mankind? He dies not because he had to, but because he, he the cross the cross set before him. He endured the cross for the joy set before him because of our the value of humanity. Right. And but he says this, and when he rose from the dead, you know, he shed his blood for our sins. But it says this, it says this in uh, Colossians, and it says it um, some other places in some, some different ways, but it says we have been crucified with Christ. We, our old nature, the self-actualization that I see in culture is a self-actualization to the nature of Adam. Yeah, it's 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 this discovering the sin nature. <laughs> it's like you don't discover your sin nature, right? And it's like Christ died for that, yeah. and so it's like it's saying and understanding that like the true life that Creator God designed for us is a good, beautiful life. It's the abundant life in yes. John ten ten. And this beautiful, abundant life is only found when I crucify myself with Christ. It is no longer I who live. It is not an I, that I is not necessarily I no longer live. Of course, I still have to live. But right. the point is, it's no longer I who live. You see what God's trying to get us away from is the self-actualization life. He's trying yes. to get us away. Like Jesus came so that we would get away from ourselves. Come on. And culture's trying to tell us to, to absorb and obsess over ourselves. Yeah. And it's the antithesis of what Jesus really came to do and what he came to teach and how he came to free us. It says, I'm a crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives. It's Christ who lives in me. Yeah. So this life that I live, I no longer live in the flesh. Mm-hmm. Do you see what Jesus is trying to get us to do? It's like our true identity is in Christ. But when you, it's not just the lovey-dovey Christ. It's, it's what he lived what he did, but also what he taught. Right. So Jesus is teaching us, really Paul, and I think that's Galatians, not Colossians, but Galatians is teaching us it's no longer I who live, I don't live in the flesh any longer, but I live by faith in the Son of yes. God who was sent to die for me and who rose from the dead. Right. And so our identity is not is in our creator, God, but it's even more specifically, if you even bring that in closer, it's in Jesus Christ. Right. It's in him. We are adopted. We are married to him. And the more that we get in the scriptures and memorize these scriptures and we get we meditate on them and get them in our heart, the more that we realize the deception that we've been sold from our culture. Yeah. Even as a Christian, we're, we're dece- a lot of Christians are deceived just because they haven't hidden God's word in their heart. Mm-hmm. And I want to just encourage us, once again, what about this inner or out, like where does identity come from? It comes from God. More specific, it comes in the person of Jesus Christ. Yes. That's so good. It's a little shorter episode today. Yeah. It's a little shorter episode today, but we just wanted to power pack with some identity. Come on. Kick you in the butt with some identity, evangelism, and and send you on your way. But Jared, it's been a good little episode. A little short, short episode. So fun. Any fun last thoughts? Uh, I would just say, go get them. Go get them, baby. Come on. Till next time. Deuces. 
Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us today. If you found this episode helpful or impactful at all, go ahead and like and subscribe to our channel. Go ahead and share it to someone who you think it can impact as well. See you next week.